Hey, Susanna Stinnett here. It's time for another podcast for Take Back Your Brain Power. And today I'm going to talk about what I mean by taking it back. What does it mean to take something back? So this is a kind of orientation to this podcast series. I'll get started on that in just a second. But first and always, I want you to keep in mind that this is not medical advice. When I'm talking about ways to manage antidepressant withdrawal, for example, what I'm doing is offering you a condensed version of information that I have gleaned from researching thousands of forums, groups, and individuals who interact with me about their experiences in the wonderful world of antidepressant withdrawal. At least as of today, Doctors are not giving out much advice along these lines. They're not talking about tapering um, in any detail. And they're not really acknowledging that these symptoms, which millions of people are experiencing, have anything to do with the drugs. So people who are seeking help with, let's say, tapering, can tune into the groups and forums online and actually find a very robust bank of information in the form of stories from others going through the same thing. That's where this information comes from. Those people I mentioned who come on board to look for help and then share their experiences and try to help other people make it through, what they're doing is sharing stories. Aha, another word for story is anecdote. When you visit your doctor, and you try to explain all these weird symptoms like, ah, I've got burning and tingling in my hands and my feet and I have vertigo all the time and sometimes I can't stand up and the anxiety is unrelenting, it's keeping me from functioning. The doctor hears all of that as anecdotal. Oh, the doctor says, the patient is telling me a story. When they're through telling me a story, I will nod, look concerned, and according to my data I've got here from the pharmaceutical company, looks like what I'll need to do for her is offer her a higher dosage of the drug. That should take care of it. That's been working for people. (laughs) The patient's story is not where the doctor has been getting his or her recommendation for treatment. I looked at an article entry in the Library of Medicine from just two or three years ago, It was talking about biases against patients and their stories. Oh, it's a thing. Quote, most published research had minimal patient input. Unquote. Quote, the hierarchy of evidence tends to devalue the patient experience. End quote. There's more, but you know what I mean, right? What else is there but the patient experience? So, you know, I was saying that, talking about my orientation to taking back your brain power, well, here's the thing, we are our stories. But in the current medical paradigm, our stories are not what doctors use to decide what's going to happen with us. Our stories, our descriptions of our experiences, these are not what doctors use to decide what to describe and when to increase the dosage and when to add another drug. It's twisted. It's twisted, if you ask me. Well, what I've just described from the patient's standpoint is like, 
a person standing there frantically barking at a big concrete wall and fully expecting it to just rain down relief like holy water or something upon our weary heads. That's pretty twisted too. So let's try doing something else. You want to know how important our stories are? They're life-saving. Right now, and for about 15 years to this point, people with the challenge of antidepressant side effects and the utterly life-altering overwhelm of withdrawing from these drugs have been figuring out how to succeed or sometimes just how to survive through these detailed, specific stories being shared constantly by fellow travelers. So I want to look at both sides of the coin with you here. It's, it's really important because your story is your life. It's who you are. It's what you are. That's your story. And when you have experiences and those experiences give you information, it would be helpful if the person in the lab coat with the prescription pad in their hand made use of that information you're offering, right? There's solid reasons why doctors don't take every whimsical complaint of their patients as a marker for treatment. Of course, but, but there's a bigger issue at play here, and it's a lot of why I'm adamant about getting this more out in the public eye or ear. It's not just one person describing their day at the office. There are thousands of stories that say the same thing. I mean, pretty much exactly the same thing, over and over. And they've been available for over a decade. I said thousands. There are likely millions. There's just no need for hyperbole in a story that's dramatic enough. So, yeah, it would be nice if your doctor had a way to listen to your story and draw from a much more fleshed out bunch of data in order to help you figure out your course and support what you're really trying to do. But that is not the typical scenario. So if you continue under the guidance and prescribing of your doctor, after your doctor has not listened to your story, you may have given up your own authority. It's important to be aware of these weaknesses in the medical system and take every step available to empower yourself. I do want to be fair here about what can happen to the brain on antidepressants. It can be very hard to think. People are like train wrecks of anxiety. The brain's not working correctly, so I'm not about to judge anyone for desperately seeking help. I want to normalize that process a little bit with these podcasts is one thing I want to do. So people do realize they are far from alone. There's a language around this. And there are some solutions being mapped out that people have found that help them. I want it to come out more because all of this is still very much a hidden process. People are vulnerable and it's common to feel ashamed that they aren't performing at their peak like their peers may be. And the last thing people want to do is admit that they just can't keep up. The process of withdrawing from prescription drugs can be truly horrific. Fortunately, we do have resources beyond the doctor pharmaceutical drug system. Our stories are a huge resource, and we can even turn them into data. A few doctors are actually doing this. 
bless them because they are going outside their support structure in order to do the right thing. They're using their own data and being public about it. And I do understand that there are repercussions for doctors thinking and acting outside the box. Even though I'm not going to defend the system, which I consider to be broken, where doctors commonly use data provided to them by companies who may or may not have the patient's best interest in mind, I do understand why doctors so far must operate in this way. I get it. But according to Susanna, the right thing is listening to people's stories. You can quote me on that. So here's the deal. In order to take back their brain power, what I have seen again and again is that people indeed have to stop listening to their doctors. That's what people are doing. It's a deeply personal decision and a choice I grapple with myself. I've had cancer twice. So pushing back at my doctor is certainly scary, at least to the people who love me, even if it isn't that scary to me. I just want to convey to you that Many, many, many people have talked about this issue in their stories. Doctors are not listening to their patients. Sometimes patients stop listening to their doctors. So, yes, you have to become your own authority. That's a brain exercise right there. That will build a better brain from the get-go. If you are like so many of these people that I'm reading about on forums, and including my own experience, your doctor's not listening to you. It's not a two-way conversation. So that's when you're giving up your authority to someone who's not even listening to you. It's a passive state. It's a passive state of mind. And that's not how you build brain power. What you're listening to right now is kind of a rogue podcast. And that right there is a form of self-authority. I go into the trenches with my keyboard and I use it to dig out information for you. And then I present it in what I hope is a useful form. I'm trying not to smear too much attitude on it at the same time, but I am glad you've chosen to reach outside of whatever else you were doing. You are the best authority over your choices and your information and your life. Your doctor may be trying to help, but if they cannot listen to your story, I think their help is very limited. And look, folks, I am also not your authority. I'm delivering information to you from years of research through reading, I'll call them anecdotes, from thousands and thousands of people who are already using their own authority to solve their problem and help each other. When you recognize that you are your own authority and you take one step after another from there, that's how you build brain power. And that is exciting. That's the beginning of living the creative life. This is Susanna Stinnett. Come visit me on patreon.com slash brainmaker. The tapering podcasts are going up now, and you can see the rest of the transcripts and some other ways to take back your brain power. Now you go have a glass of water. Drink it. We'll talk soon. Bye now.